Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about rough and tumble. Okay. But before we <laughs> get rough and tumbly, uh, Let's talk about the Amiga News. Oh. What's going on in Amiga News? Actually, before we get into Amiga News, we got feedback. Sorry, I didn't mean to start your engine too early. <laughs> so um, we did get some new iTunes reviews in, Aaron. Uh-oh. You know, uh, iTunes reviews are the lifeblood of the podcast community. Even for those that still do it the old-fashioned way by downloading the MP3. Uh, so many people discover us through iTunes. So if you leave us a review, we really appreciate it. Including this guy called Dean Hawker. Okay, Dean Hawker. Dean Hawker. He's from the UK. He says, having found these guys just before Christmas, I've been totally addicted and have listened to almost 100 episodes since. Holy moly. Aaron and Boat make great hosts and are extremely funny. Thank you, Dean Hawker. He must be talking about me, Boat. That's probably true. Our second one is, this is called, oh, and he titled that review, The Best Retro Gaming Podcast. Oh, please. So maybe we should put that on our... Dean. Uh, on our, our moniker. The check's in the mail, brother. <laughs> and uh, Digi999 says, Essential listening for any Amiga fan. Absolutely superb podcast that not only gives an American view of the Amiga scene, but is presented by two of the most passionate Amiga owners you have ever heard. Up-to-date news, game reviews, great sense of humor. It's essential weekly listening. Thank you, Digi999. That's very yeah. kind of you. Are you. Do you consider yourself passionate? I'm so passionate. Are you? Kind I'm a passionate man, Aaron. Kind of creepy. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, and uh, we got one more piece of feedback on our Wing Commander episode. Okay. Oh, yes. We got a message on YouTube from none other than Mark Knight himself. He says, hey, guys, just to clear up your comments and questions on the music, I'd argue that the music sounds more like the LAPC1 version of the PC music. We were talking about how I thought it sounded kind of like ad-lib. No, I thought I said that. Well. We both did. We both did. Yeah. Um, to me, any kind of early PC music, I just I just say ad lib because I don't know what things are called. Mm-hmm. So he's he uh, he says the LAPC, as you may remember, was a sound card by Roland based on their MT32 synthesizer module. So I was not aware of that, but I'm glad to know it. Uh, Mark Knight, as we know, is the composer of the Wing Commander music. So, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> when you told me that, I was like, holy mackerel! It's neat that someone that helped make that right, right, listen to our show and comment on it. Oh, I just can't believe it. Yeah, he did the music for it's the Amiga funny. version. I, I knew Roland did have a sound chip. Uh, Yamaha also uh, had some. And, and when he when he wrote that, I thought about it. It does sound synthy. It does sound midi a little bit. Uh, and I believe he went on to talk about how the limitations that they had to work with to uh, to uh, put the music on the on the Amiga. It's a real good. He is a very informative little note he left on the thing. We appreciate it. But yeah. I was, I was I was happy. I was starstruck briefly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a sucker for that mode. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Now it's time to start the Amiga News Are you sure? engine. Do I need I'm to ready. reach for the Gabletron yeah. 5000? Reach okay. for it. Reach for it. All right. The Amiga News. Amiga. Are you, you going to have the robot talk again? Whatever. No, I'll just, I'll just keep that as a sample. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. That's my snidely like, guy that works at a bank. You know, that guy. 
Oh, you'll deposit him. That's what it says. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. So I'm, I'm, I'm becoming you. It's a scary. This sounds just like one of your bits right here. Just this random nonsense. So uh, Chris Folds. Chris Folds. The legend. Uh, a good and dear friend, member of the Brain Trust, has posted a little ditty here about a new low-profile 8-meg fast ramp upgrade module. Now, this is an interesting little gimmick on this one. Um, this one fits in the 68,000 socket. Mm. And the chip sits on top. Very, I would... You know, they do the craziest stuff with hardware so <laughs> I've ever seen. Do you have to take out your original processor? Well, you, you put it in. You put the you put the board in there, and you put the and you put your chip on top of the thing. Oh, it's, it's so piggyback special. Okay. You know, um, man, eight megs. All right, that's a good deal. By the way, this came off of Amiga Love. We love Amiga. We love, love. Amiga Love, especially right after Valentine's Day. We really love them. Yeah. Um, and there it is. You see the little thing there. It sits on top. See, it's a little piggyback. Oh wow! How yeah. cool! Yeah, and that cr- it's awful clever. Yeah. yeah, that they that they and they you know whoever they are, they've always got a gimmick and angle. That seems like the way. If you're going to add RAM in a way that you don't have to, you know, destroy anything in your in your case or anything yeah. like that, or this just seems like a, a very cool way. Hopefully, they they will do this. Wouldn't it be great if you could add, you know, an accelerator that was that small and just put it right on top well, of your they, CPU? They, they do do those. They do have they? those. Sure. In fact, been, you know, the uh, here's a little sidebar. By the way, this works in the Amiga 1000, so you can have an Amiga 1000 with eight eight big megs, which would be It'd be awesome because the Amiga 1000 adding memory is a, sort of a hassle. Um, they make this gimmick for the 600. Now, the 600, and stupid me, the Huckster reminded me of my own stupidity of blue it was because I was like, well, this is working the 600. Well, the Amiga 600 is a different style processor. but And the Amiga's 600 processor is sort of like soldered in, right? So they make this gimmick. It's, a, it's an accelerator. It's also a bunch of extra memory. And it literally, you smash it on top of your processor. It's got a socket, it's in reverse. And the socket goes down on top of the chip. Oh, that's on your so board. They, they totally do make that. Yeah, it's okay. very bizarre. I always picture accelerators being like the vampire, where it's like the size of the motherboard of the computer no, you're putting it, it on. No, it, it, they, trust me, we could sit here, we could do a whole show on Amiga hardware, and we'd probably do a bad job. But uh, uh, there are so many crazy styles and you know sidecars, and it's it's crazy. Amiga is the one of the wackiest man scientists machine <laughs> of all time. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of one. I mean, the retro, the Raspberry Pi. Is like the modern equivalent. Just people just doing crazy stuff mm-hmm. to it. It's like, I want to use this to do, you know, God knows what. Uh, anyway, wacky. So that was a good one. And hey, I hear the price is going to be right on that thing too. So not too bad, eh? Um, we should also talk about this crazy joystick here, boat. The Procon CD32 third-party gamepad for the Amiga CD32. It looks. Well, let's 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 be honest here. This is a Super Nintendo cart uh, controller uh, with uh, a new, cool, admittedly cool-looking exterior. Mm-hmm. It's black. It says the, it's got the Amiga C32 logo on it. Uh, I don't know what I don't know if these are out. I don't know what they're going to go for. I don't think the article says if they're out or what they're going to go for. I think they're something that's that's you know in in training. So the guy out. the guy that is uh, I, I clicked on the link to EAB yeah. and he says that. Um, he says that he wants to sell them as assembled and as kits. Uh-huh. So, uh, but it, I don't see, I'm just... I don't think they're they're at market yet. Or I mean, they're just, apparently they're just being made by some guy. Right, it's, and it's literally just some guy. And you see a lot of that on the, on the forums. Yeah. It's like some guy. <laughs> I think the, uh, I think that 8 meg 
68,000, so I think it's another some guy. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, super, super. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so the the full kit is 27 euros. Uh, You can get one pre assembled and tested for 38 euros. That's not bad. That's what is it, about 50 bucks? Yeah, when you consider that these are custom PCBs, this isn't some hack job, you know. Now, I will say this, and this is the first thing I thought of, and I really need to get around to doing this review. I ordered these, uh, the Amiga to Super Nintendo adapter, mm-hmm. all right, which does everything this does and lets you use it. But I mean, the price is not a whole lot different after shipping. So it sort of depends on what you're after. And it depends on how, I mean, having seen this, we don't know how it's going to feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing one thing with the, with the cable, you know what you're getting with a Super Nintendo stick. It's a known quantity. And then for you sure. also have the ability to do specialized stuff, which this will have that as well, where you can have you reassign up for jump mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So this might be a good deal. It looks, it does look awesome. I'm a sucker for aesthetics and having something that actually matches the color scheme of the CD32 is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, and hopefully, I'm, I'm assuming he'll have a case that's probably a more uh, Amiga non-CD32 like at some point in the future. Speaking of cases, what a lead in, eh? <laughs> um, guess what? Just when you thought they were all done, <laughs> it looks like on the horizon there could be a new Amiga 500 case Kickstarter. Uh, our good and dear friends at Indie Retro News uh, broke the story here. And uh, having bought Amiga 500 case, which I then butchered, um, we know that these are in desperate need. And yeah. so if they're going to put something up, uh, it's not the worst idea. Um, <clears throat> these are the same people that did the 1200 cases, and I believe. They are. I don't know if they ever shipped those key. The key keys. I don't know if there's this this particular outfit. I'm not sure they ever released this or not. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if they ever got around to it or not. So, um, but uh, hey, and more more Amiga cases. That's great. Again, uh, having those produced, it's got to cost some bucks. Mm-hmm. We've talked about yeah. molds, injection and stuff molding, it's, and things it's, like that. It's it's crazy time. So, our next story: new game. All right. <clears throat> so this one I just saw today. And I've never heard of this. They said it originally came out in 2014. There was some kind of marketing thing or some kind of something happened with the company where I don't know if they didn't ship very many or maybe they didn't ship any. It's a new game called The Secret of Middle City, a point-and-click adventure, and it's out for uh, Morph OS, Mac, and the Amiga. And uh, it look it's just a, it's just exactly what it says. It says it's a point-and-click adventure. I love the first bullet point is Italian humor and hey. style. Hey, I don't know what Italian are there humor any is. Funnier but. people than the Italians? I don't think so. They're pretty funny. Uh, the uh, uh, it looks okay. I had a quick look at it. I mean, uh, if you like point and click, I mean, it's not like uh, it's not going to blow the world up, but it looks pretty good. I mean, yeah. really, graphics are only a small part of that. Most of it's the humor and stuff. It looks it looks it looks interesting. Yeah, I mean, this really looks like. Uh I played a lot of games when I was more on the Mac side that looked like this. It's, but again, like you said, the, the the graphics are sort of secondary to the story and the style and the humor and stuff. Right, so. right. So it might be good. I, I didn't. Did you catch a price on that when you were looking it up? I didn't see anything. Uh, like Fifteen euros. Not bad. It's available actually for the Amiga, Mac, Windows, and Morph OS. So that's what. What is that? About twenty bucks, twenty five yeah, bucks, something yeah. like that. Not bad. I, it's hard to get Not that bad. exchange down. Um, so, lastly, and this one. This is one of your classic mixed bag stories here. Because when I saw it, I got real excited, and then I got less excited. <laughs> so, um, um, there is a two new classic DOS games been poured over to your, to the uh, Amiga, the AGA Amiga. And if you're a PC guy, you remember these. Blake, Stones, uh, Aliens of Gold, and Planet Strike. Uh, these are two 
classic DOS games that I remember from the DOS days. And I use classic. I mean, they're okay. I, I don't. I don't think of, if you think about classic DOS, these are the real sort of. I don't, I'm trying to say this diplomatically. Um, like Commander Keen. You mm -hmm. ever played Commander Keen? That is considered a classic DOS title. Okay. If you, I, I, I don't. I mean, it's okay. But I mean, I don't think it stands up too well with the Amiga stuff. But uh, you know. So this is this is uh, as I pull it up here. This is a. Um, it's like Wolfenstein. It is. It is. But I mean, I would would you would you call this a classic? I mean, have you ever heard of this game? Well, classic is sort of a relative of term. It? No. Okay. I've heard of it, but I mean, if you consider the other things that were in this genre, in it, now you're looking at this, you're probably like, "Holy smokes, this is coming to the Amiga. We're getting the Doom Clone." Well, there's a but, and the but is uh, you have to have a, uh, a 68040 30 megahertz proc to get this bad boy up and running. Mm. So we're not going to be putting this on the uh, Amiga 600, for example. Of course, it needs AGA as well. Um, it requires also four megs fast memory and uh, again, you needed a 6830, so uh, you're going to have to have something pretty, pretty heady there. And th those are your minimum requirements. It gets a little more wackadoo after that, but still kind of neat. Hey, it doesn't require vampire, so you know there's, you got that going for you. So that's the long and short of that. Now let's get to the site stuff, boat. Let me just rewind the Gambletron here. So right out of the gates, let's talk about uh, the new article from the Dreamcatcher. He's back. Uh, I haven't got a chance to look at this one yet, but he's, he looks at Safari Guns and its sequel, Wild Guns. Have you have you had a look at this yet? No. Uh, I don't even know if I've even heard of these games before. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> this this looks pretty good. I will say, just looking at the graphics here, this looks cool. I mean, it looks like my kind of game. I, I want to say, it wasn't Wild Guns? Wasn't that a light gun game? Yeah, this is. So, this is, this is like a... Um, like a point and click, like it's a first person, like Operation Wolf style thing. How weird. Yeah, I had to definitely check this out. It yeah. looks interesting. And of course, Dreamcatcher, it looks like he goes to his usual links. I want to give Dreamcatcher the high sign, by the way. When I was review, when I was doing uh, uh, research for this week's uh, main game, main event, uh, what should pop up, but Dreamcatcher's article. And it's great. And he found tons of stuff that I didn't know about. And so I. Borrowed from it heavily, I might add. <laughs> so, if you want to, I'm telling you, uh, uh, we always have a, a, a featured article from from DK every week, or at least one. I'm not saying guys too, uh, but you go back. I mean, his stuff is gold, and he. I don't know where he digs some of this information. Well, he up. he talks to the people directly. Well, I mean, he sends it's email. amazing. Yeah, I mean, and he he gets the skinny. He's got connections with almost everybody in the Amiga scene. It's a cr it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, and and uh, of course, he's still got his. Uh, I believe that his uh, his charity book is still available, uh, and that's free. You know, and just make a donation, and that's a that's a uh, uh, unbelievable tome of dream catching knowledge. It's all gold. He's there's never been anything he did that was that wasn't top shelf. Right. I don't remember. He's never had a misstep. No. So it's always good. So uh, moving on, um, another of our fine, our good and dear friend Hasifa. We love him. We love him. He's here in the chat now. He's here in the chat. And he put together quite a reference. I've already used this thing multiple times. The first thing I did was check to see, it's like, what have we done that's like this? When did we type? I knew we'd, we'd had a quick look at this there in the thing. I had, to go back, I had to go back and use it to do some research. But he's put together an episode reference guide. Uh, it is on everythingamiga.com. 
and it is a uh, uh, handy tool that basically tells you every show we did has a list of every show we did has a list of every game we covered on that show, including shows where we did multiple games. Right. And it is it's handy and dandy. But have you have you had a chance to use this thing yet? It's amazing. I love having you know it's 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 so. It's so nice to have everything right there at your fingertips. So, right like, on. you know, if I want to see Banshee, what's that? Just click on it. Yeah, bam. and it beams right over. Right. And it's even got the times, mm -hmm. which is cool. I went down to see what our shortest show was. We had a show that was like 22 minutes or something like that. Yeah, I, I think it was, it was like TV sports or something it like was, that. It was, yeah. it was super duper short. I was like, man, we, we've gone. For, and then there's a couple. Of course, we had the marathon where we went 12 hours. But we've had shows that go hour and 40 minutes mm -hmm. or so. Not counting the Christmas shows and all the crazy shows where you add extra time. So it's a great resource. And we really appreciate it. And I believe he said he's going to end up kind of updating as, as we go, which would be kind of cool. Um, did you have any, uh, did you put any videos up this week? Uh, Amiga related videos? Boy, I don't think I did. I think that this week uh, we were, I was all quiet on the, on the video front, um, but I, I did play a whole lot of rough and tumble though. Yeah, so. I, uh, the only video I had put up this week, I, I, I've been uh, going through some work issues this week, so I've not been around that much, uh, but I did put up a, a video for our sister show, ARG Presents, we put, I did a video on Forbidden, or uh, Whoa, what was that? That was a rifle. <laughs> Boat just had a... Boat's got a war going off next yeah. door. Well, well, uh, I live in a secluded area, no you know, kidding. away from the city. What did I put a video up on this week? Cosmic Arc. Cosmic Arc. That's right. Which, <laughs> for our show. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, just a little playthrough of that for our sister show. And uh, our, uh, we should probably mention that while we're talking about it. Uh, we do AR, ARG Presents. Uh, it, it drops every Wednesday. And... Uh, um, so far, we've had a lot of fun with it. We've, mm -hmm. had, we've had some good times. It's been pretty well received, I think. And it's uh, it's kind of neat. that I, <laughs> I often, as we're talking about it or doing the show, it often, we, we often reference back to the Amiga. So it's just sort of now, that's sort of our foundation. Mm -hmm. And it, there's a lot of times where things play back and forth. It's actually quite, it's quite amazing, the, yeah. the things that happen. We, we just recently played a game that reminded us very much of Moonstone. And it, and, and uh, Having played it before, it's neat. There's a weird synergy to it that mm -hmm. I that I enjoyed. Um, you got anything else on the news front? Well, we have one more piece of mail that you received in the physical mail. Absolutely, I want to get to that before we get to the game. So, I got an email a while back, and I mentioned this from our good buddy, the Slow Norris, and he uh, offered to get me goodies for the 600. And I said, you don't have to do that. You don't have to. Do that. Well, he he already sent me uh, a bracket. SD card in, or for a, a compact flash card in it. Uh, he had sent me uh, several things, and then he went and got me a uh, a, a memory uh, expansion for the 600, which was awful nice. I mean, ordered from Amiga Kit, and by the way, I thought this was cool. It comes with a. I, I've already been using this, but now I've got a registered copy of of Relo Kick, which is the thing you can use to boot to 1.3. Uh, but uh, man, awful nice of slow to uh, send this over. You know, it's weird. I'm not used to getting gifts like that. It's just, it just always feel weird about it, man. I'm used but, to getting gifs myself. Well, I know. You're such a goofball. But this is just your standard uh, memory expansion for the 600. Which that is, looks super cool, though. Yeah, yeah. And it's got expansion. Uh, it's got some expansion stuff for, like, uh, um, some other, uh, you know, secondary stuff. But uh, pretty, you know, pretty neat. And there's a little, a little uh, expansion thing here as well. Suter, I mean, it's really, I really appreciate it. I wanted to mention on the show, uh, you know, I'm always, and we've talked about this, this is going to sound like the biggest load of mush, 
I'm always surprised that people just are so nice, and they, especially because they work a couple goofballs, uh, and uh, they are very kind to us, and we we do appreciate it. So thank you, Slow, for the goodie, and thank thanks Gary for the the machine, and thanks to everybody that's sent us software and you know you know can be yeah. you know Brutal Barracuda and folks all these guys have sent us goodies over the years and of course uh Vebke uh, you know and, and Vebke of course gosh I, it's funny I just watched his video he sent us a nice uh, uh he sent us a thing from his he showed me his house and so which is nice and then we uh our our buddy uh there we I can't remember but I'm gonna leave people out I'm gonna feel bad but I mean everyone that sent us stuff or even if you just thought about it, hey, thank you very much. We yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. We didn't expect to get anything. <laughs> that was never an angle we even thought that would ever happen. And, and as we've mentioned before, everyone in the Amiga family is very nice and they're very kind mm -hmm. and they're very forgiving and they're also very tolerant of our various Tom stupid acts yeah. <laughs> that, we, that we perpetrate <laughs> on a weekly basis. Is it time to jump in? I think it's time to, to the world of rough and tumble. I think it's time, folks. All right, let's do it. I'll lead the dance here, if I may. So. Um, this week we had a look at a game called Rough and Tumble, the full title, Rough and Tumble in the Fantasy Forest, which that long title, but it's, it's a, for a little guy. So this came out in 94, so a later release, and you can tell uh, it came on two discs, and the developer of this was an outfit called Wonderkind, uh, spell it in the German. Uh, as far as I could tell, they've never done anything else. I couldn't find anything at all. I couldn't find any reference to them. I'm not sure they were even a real company. I don't know if they were just... <laughs> because the guys that worked on it did other stuff, but, um, uh, you know, that was it. Now, it was published by Renegade. Now, Renegade, we've come across multiple times. Uh, amongst their many, many titles were the Sensible Sockers. Uh, they, they, they published those. Uh, Gods, Fire and Ice, Elf Mania. Uh, you know, Chaos Engine, uh, Speedball Two. They've done all. Renegade's been involved in a lot of stuff. Um, the uh, the gimmick in this game. Also, last week when I said, "Hey, we're doing rough and tumble. That'll be great. We we'll get some two player action going." No, that was wrong. There's not. <laughs> there's no two. I was sure this had two players. Well, so it's sad. a little. It's a little misleading because it's something and something That's else. Right. So it's like That's you play right. rough, I'll play tumble. Let's they, do it. I remember when we played this. Uh, on the we on the brief time we played this on the uh, on the uh, charity mm -hmm. show, right? I remember saying, "Wow, we should get another joystick and really go to work on this." And we, I think you sort of like, "Yeah, that'll be great." And we yeah. were stupid. <laughs> and of course, you did a playthrough once where you had the name wrong. Mm -hmm. and I had trouble with the name over and over. I kept wanting to call it Rough and Ready. And there's another game called that. that yep. You know, so it's just it's like drove drove you nuts. So. Um, so uh, the guys that worked on this, really, I just, there's only a few guys that really worked that did the most of the heavy lifting on it. Um, the artist uh, and the co the coder, I should say, was a guy named Jason Perkins. Now he did Time Machine on the Amiga, but he's also responsible for Thing on a Spring, Monty on the Run, and Apocalypse. Those are pretty pretty popular games. Uh, Thing on a Spring, I've, I've never played it, but I've heard about it. Mm. You know, a lot of people talk about it. Um, the, the graphics were done by a fellow named Robin Levy. He did Last Ninja 3, Myth, and Putty. And the music was done by a fellow who actually has quite, done quite a bit of stuff uh, named Jason Page. Uh, he's done um, Fire and Ice, which we, we keep hearing about. That's another one we've got to pick up. Flight of the Amazon Queen, which we've heard a lot about that one. Iron Man Stewart. We love that game, mm -hmm. the arcade version anyway. 
and uh, he did the sensible soccer, Juridium, he did a bunch of stuff. Um, so this is a platformer. It runs on the ECS and the OCS, so it's, it's good to go. Uh, it looks great uh, for a game that will work on that original hardware. It's another game where you got some guys that got together that knew what they were doing, and they squeezed every molecule they could out of the available hardware. Again, this is running on something that was effectively released in in uh, in '85, and so it's it for that time period. It looks remarkable, in my opinion. Um, so it's a it's a platforming game where you play a guy named Rough Rogers. You're a little kid, and the gimmick on this is you're playing at a park. And uh, you, your marble is going like a rabbit hole, and you go down and get them, and, and basically you go into another world. And the, uh, the guy in the world ha challenges you to come stop him, effectively. And you're going around trying to gather up your marbles. Uh, so effectively, you've lost your marbles. You know, get it? I get it. Yeah. <laughs> come on, you're not laughing, but <laughs> come on, man. So uh, this game is split into 16 levels, and it, they're split basically. There are four. Uh, I guess state four levels that each have four stages, okay. and there's a boss. All right, um, the uh, the guy you play is uh, rough. He's a little kid, and he looks kind of cute. And then he has a, a massive death gun mm -hmm. that, he, mm -hmm. that, he, mm -hmm. that he carries around, and 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 ha has no qualms about killing. So really, most of what you're killing in this are like these metal-headed robots. Um, so. You uh, you have multiple like heart containers, sort of like a Adam's family, right? I believe that's how they did it. When you, and you you can I think you can get one or two more as the game goes on. I'm not one ever. So I think you can get up to I think is it five. You can I think get, five. I never got that man. I can tell you mm -hmm. that right now. This game's interesting uh, in a lot of ways. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, it's a game where you're running gun, all right? It is, and you and there are collectibles out the yin yang. It's your standard Amiga fare. This game is a. It, if you ever asked yourself what would happen if a, if an excellent gaming house Combined Turrican and Zool, uh, or or and with a little Super Frog in there, this is sort of what you would get. Um, you'll recall that in uh, uh, Zool, you have to have a certain amount of uh, items collected before the door unlocks. Right? Mm -hmm. This game is exactly like that with a twist. So you have three different colored marbles that you have to collect. And you have a set amount of these. At the top, it's listed. There are the three colors. And above them, there will be numbers. And you have to collect the, the whatever the number is of those marbles to open the escape. So even if you come right up to the exit, if you don't have enough marbles, it just stays shut. You're boned. Now, there's no time limit. So you can... And the enemies don't respond. So you can sort of... You can pretty much bebop around, you know, forever looking for these marbles. And then when you get enough marbles, the uh, the little number above them will count down until it says okay. Then you're and then you're ready to go. Which is the right way to go, by the way. This game is it fixes so many of the things that are wrong with so many other platformers. Like if you're going to make something that encourages exploration, don't hamper that by having a time limit. You know, if you want to have a certain number of collectibles before you're allowed to go on, that's fine. Let somebody have the time to explore the stage and get what they need. I, I have to agree with you on that, and uh, it. Uh, it makes you. I mean, you have no choice but to look, to go through these levels in their entirety. They're large levels, by the way, and you have to. Uh, and the way they're, this game has a lot more. When I said this was like if Turrican and, and Zul had a kid, you also one thing to consider is that unlike those two games, which I know Turrican two is particularly people love it, but one of the problems I had with it was it's getting lost. Uh, the guys that put this together did a good job. And I'll give them credit where credits due, of of uh, 
putting the levels together in a way that you need to explore them all, but it doesn't get super duper repetitive mm -hmm. going over this. I mean, it can be if you miss what you're after. Uh, but you never run into a situation like you do in, say, Lionheart, where you uh -huh. work your way up. And this is this is a completely fair uh, criticism. You work your way up this ladder of different platforms, and then you get knocked off by an enemy, and you have to start negotiating your way back up again. That doesn't happen that much in this game. Well, although you can't just not get knocked off and die, <laughs> which that does happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, one thing about this game that differentiates it from a lot of other games, and this is another good programming trick, the... the one of the problems that a lot of these games had are blind jumps. Mm -hmm. And there was actually, they they had that in mind when they made the game, and they actually made it uh, to where that doesn't happen. The screen intelligently scrolls mm -hmm. down in a position where you're going to need to jump. So you don't have to jump down into a hole and hope, boy, I hope there's not a spear down there. You will know. Yeah. That's it's, a big plus. It, well, it's, I'm going to hold off on my thoughts okay. for a while. Um, so as I mentioned, you go through the game, and, you, and you're collecting these marbles. That's not all there is to collect. There's plenty of other stuff, including uh, stuff to um, jack up your gun. Right? Your gun's pretty basic at first. You can get lasers, you can get flamethrowers, you can get missiles. There's all sorts of stuff you can pick up to enhance your gun. And you're going to need a lot of that stuff because the, the bad guys in this are actually, even the basic ones are kind of tough. They're all sort of plays on the theme of these kind of robots. Mm -hmm. um, the first level, for example, you've got uh, robots that have like uh, looks like elephant guns or something, and they're wearing like World War One helmets, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, British World War One helmets, doughboy helmets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I should mention that the, again. There, you've got four levels, and so the the uh, first level, which you start off on, is the, is a forest level. Again, uh, the uh, the the bad guys in this are all cute. The good guys cute. It's a cute game for something as violent as it is. And the bad guys have these like, and what it reminded me of, sort of like gauntlet. I don't know if it's a close, you know, the bad guy generator. They, yeah, they were yeah. they're like spawning areas. And you basically, when you come across all these things, you just sit there and blow the bad guys away until they just stop producing bad guys. So which is exactly like gauntlet. Which mm. that, that was an interesting twist. I mean, at least that's one way you know there's no more bad guys coming, right? Because there's a little light on these things, and when it goes off, that means that they're out of bad guys. Um, the uh, the bees, uh, uh, there are bees that come out on stage three. One thing you're going to learn is in this game is that these different, if there are, there are four different main stages, each has the four levels, and in each stage, the bad guys are going to be pretty much all the same with a few added as you go, right? So on the first level, you're going to see these metal, the metal soldiers and you, with the whole time, the little flying guys, there's these little metal guys that have like a helicopter blade on them. You're going to see those the whole time. But they add a few things. So on the on the third level, I think it is, they add bees. These bees drove me nuts. I don't know if you had any luck with them. I hated them. They killed me. That always used to drive me nuts. I found that I I did better just avoiding them, just running yes. away, than trying to kill. Yeah, them. if you try to if you try to actually go after them, they will mm -hmm. they will they will get you. Um, Sage one ends with what I consider the coolest end boss in the whole game. Frankly, which was this mechanical owl. Did you get that far? <laughs> well, I saw it on a playthrough. I actually, I didn't, I actually I didn't get that far. I got that far. Really? And that was me. Uh, I would love, and I, I just didn't find one to find a, a game, a version with a trainer that I could just turn on Infinite Lives because I would love to explore and, and play through this whole game. I just went and got all this game uses save codes mm. a la the consoles, yeah. and so I just went and got all the codes. And so I trust me when I tell you I couldn't get past. Uh, the the first part of the next of the next area, but the I did get past the owl, mm -hmm. and then the bad guy. I, at least this particular guy wasn't that tough. I, I knocked him out pretty pretty quick, but he was cool looking. Uh, I will say that. But one thing I, that I will say is as a criticism is, 
Um, by the time you get to the fourth level of this, you're, you're kind of tired of seeing the same batch of guys. I mean, that, like, so they add in some different uh, wrinkles to mm -hmm. it, but you, you sort of end up seeing the same guys you know, over and over. Um, the second level is real tricky, and it's the underground area, like the mines, basically. And so um, this level, some surfaces are slippery, and there's also... Uh, spiders down here, bats, all the crap you hate that are in yeah. But one thing this area has, this whole level has water. Now your guy can just go right in and swim around. He doesn't, he doesn't breathe, I guess. Uh, but it, I mean, I don't know what it is about water levels, man. They're always super, super, <laughs> super duper tough. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff on, the, on this level visually. They do a good job with depth. Uh, down there, like shadowing stuff to be in the background. I mean, all the levels have it. There's a certain amount of parallax or or multiple levels, but I mean, they do. I thought it's not Shadow of the Beast good in terms of the way they did that, but I mean, the graphically, it's probably a lot better in some ways. Not even close. Oh, please, come on. Shadow now. of the Beast. You're not even going to sit here and tell me that Shadow of the Beast looks better than this game in any way. Yeah, I think that, I think they did a better job in the caverns. I'm just it's a different type of level. I mean, it's it, this is cartoony. It's a different type of Shadow of the Beast is crap. Well, oh man, I'm not going to go down that road with you, boat. Um, uh, something else they had that was neat, and I, this kind of after the second level, we see this all throughout the game. There are these, and I love the way they did it. It's got a lot of style and panache. It's when you they have these ladders that when you shoot them, they basically kind of shoot up and they kind of rotate out. And you can climb, and they look really cool. Yeah, I love that, that. I thought that was kind of a neat effect. Um, the uh, they add in a, another callback to Lionheart. They add in destructible walls down there, mm -hmm. and when you're in those levels, and so there's. In fact, I think it's the second. The I'm sure that was what they were thinking of when they programmed it. Like, let's call back the Lionheart boys. Well, let's put in the destructible it's, walls. It's, 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 no it's other game, game has that. Oh, it, it, that's what it reminded me of because the Lionheart's got that. But I mean, it's uh, in, and hidden. Super in these, Frog's got that too. Hidden in these walls were like sometimes there'd be stuff place you had to go. Sometimes there'd be money. Sometimes there'd be whatever. Uh, but the, I thought that was uh, an interesting um, kind of a gimmick. And then uh, on the the boss of that stage is a giant. Uh, how would you describe this guy? Like a, a robotic snail with a fang? That sounds pretty good. I mean, I don't know. What, it's <laughs> just some kind of weird thing. Weird thing. And he, I didn't get that far, but he didn't seem that that tough to me. So uh, so there's that. And then the, the, the next level is a factory level. Um, this I didn't really get into this level that much. I mean, I played it, but I, it, I didn't think they were as cool looking. It mm -hmm. was okay. Don't get me wrong. But, man, super tough. A lot of these levels have, uh, this is when they start with the real tough rotating platforms, you know, that shtick a la mm -hmm. Mario. I mean, mm -hmm. But what they do in this that's a real brutal is they'll add like another rotating part that's like a like a mace. Yeah, <laughs> and it can, it can just get right into you, yeah. And, and of course you've got, uh, you know, enemies galore, there's, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. Sometimes there's lightning shooting down from the ceiling, uh, you know. It, but one thing about the factory level is it's sort of all the level it's the it's the most same of all the little sub levels they're mm -hmm. all sort of the same uh, the last guy in this is sort of this like uh, kind of a ufo that looks sort of like a flying helmet i guess is a you know it's it's again i thought he was pretty lame after the owl the, the bag mm -hmm. has to get kind of kind of boring uh and then the last level is uh the destinks castle the bad guy's castle uh, the, it looks good. I liked it. It's very godsy looking to me. The graphics in that area. It looks a lot like gods to me, which that's not a bad thing. Uh, in that one, a lot of the bad guys look like knights. 
Uh, there's spiked walls. There's tons and tons of rats. I don't know how anybody could get past this stuff. I'll be honest with you. I was getting smashed. Mm. I mean, quick. As soon as I get on the level, I just get I'd get mauled. Uh, these little robot wizards that sort of teleport in. They throw these magical balls at you. That was a pain in the butt. And then the bad guy on this thing is a giant. It was just the main bad guy. It's a giant. It's a guy in a big helicopter. Did you see this? Kind of like Robotnik. It, well, it's not. Uh, this is pretty generic looking. I mean, the bosses in this are sort of underwhelming mm-hmm. to me. Uh, and you just kind of knock him out. Wham, bam, Bob's your uncle. And then at the end of the game, which of course I didn't get this far, but I watched a, a good guy get there. It just simply just says like "game over," <laughs> and it shows your guy giving like the thumbs up. So I mean, it's got it's the most disappointing ending I've seen, and we've seen some bad ones, but in this one just like it literally just pops. Is up it wor- is it worse than the um, Jim Power and Mutant Planet ending? Yes, because Jim Power at least had the uh, the chick, <laughs> yeah, the, the chick, bewildered chick, the chick <laughs> picture. She's just like, oh god, I gotta go to this guy. This had nothing. It just had it had rough going like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, eh, that's not that good, you know. So, eh. It, it didn't do it. Um, before I drone on and on, your thoughts on some of this stuff. This is probably the best game of this sort of... This is the best sort of run-and-gun game I've played on the Amiga. It's the only game that I've played that I feel like really controls as well as a console game. It doesn't have any of that stiffness or weirdness that so many Amiga run-and-gun titles have. Um, the way that the camera moves to show you where you're going. This is like programming 101 on a console platformer, but the Amiga, so many Amiga games don't do that and make you jump into the to the ether. Um, the graphics are fantastic. I mean, this wouldn't look out of place on a Neo Geo. Um, the, the gun, when you're firing the gun, the different upgrades of the gun, it looks awesome, and it really you really feel powerful. With each upgrade that you get, you slice through those enemies like butter, and it just feels so good. Um, I was very impressed with this game. My main criticism, just like you said, is the lack of variety in the enemies. I wish that they would have made you know just different non-robotic enemies. You know, if they would have just spiced things up a little bit there. But I have very few negative things to say about this game. Now, before I speak, I want you to promise not to get mad. <laughs> I'm already getting ready to flip the table. Don't flip whatever the table. You say. Now, now, don't get me wrong. First of all, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. This game clearly was programmed by people that, that not only knew what they were doing, but un- had a knack for level design. Uh, uh, this, there's like an even there's some some of the things you have even have inertia that you can get knocked back mm-hmm. a little bit, which is that's that's something that's above and beyond. Um, I like a lot of the things about it. Uh, that said, I don't think it's I don't think it's quite on the Neo Geo level. It's somewhere to me. This is somewhere maybe like a rare like a like a TurboGrafx CD type game. It's I think it's that's more that's probably close to where what what you'd be looking at um, in terms of the way it looks. Um, it's really hard. It's another one of these games that's really hard to play. I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed playing something like. Um, I hate to say, it, but I, I like I, if it was me, I would play Lionheart before this, or I would also play like Adam's Family, where I, I felt like I had a better shot at it. this. I'm, I'm, some of this is just because I'm not good at the, this sort of gun game, so I'm not gonna I'm not criticizing the game for that. Just I enjoy games that are easier. This game's really tough. Um, the robotic guys do get irritating after a while, and the uh, I wish they had put some variety in. That's that's that does let the game down. So what I mean, don't get me wrong, a lot of games do it. Right, the bosses were not that creative. I wish they would put a little more thought into it. And from what I read, 
there, there, there had been actually 24 levels planned, and then they didn't make them. I think these guys realized that they were boned. They had planned to release this on multiple systems. It didn't happen. This is an Amiga-only title. Uh, and I would wager that would explain some of the shortcomings. Mm -hmm. The ball, and we've talked about this with other games where they're like the bottoms dropping out of, of the of the Amiga, um, uh, and we're going to have to get out now and try yeah. to make some money yeah. on, on this thing. And, and uh, this being a late release, and again, this company never did anything else. Uh, this screams like that's exactly what happened. They just they probably ran out of time. They had more grandiose plans of what happened. Uh, the, all that said, it's a, definitely a fun title. It's definitely one of the top, uh, one of the top titles in the Amiga. And this, I can't think of one that's a whole lot better. You know, I mean, if, again, if you're going to classify this with like the Turk and two, twos and stuff like that, I mean, I, I think it can sit fairly comfortably with them in, in a lot of in a lot of ways. It's I, I'm not a huge fan of the title character, to be honest with you. Again, he's not as annoying as the uh, future as the caveman. Uh, jerk character. You've just got a thing against title characters. I don't think we've ever played a game that you like the title character except for Lamo Lionheart. Oh, how dare you! I like Gomez. He was cool. Um, and I, you know, I like a lot of title characters. I, I, I guess the cutesy genre is not necessarily my bag. It is kind of a weird juxtaposition to have this like little kid with a huge death gun, as you said. It is kind of strange. It, and it, it, this is another one of those movies. This, this is just like your typical. This would be perfect for a console. There's no doubt about it. It's it's very console in a way, but there's still plenty of Amiga in this in it. We know there's too much stuff to collect again. Mm -hmm. I how many times have we said that? It just yeah, that is that is that we is. We need a, uh, all these marvels plus all this other stuff stuff mm -hmm. that makes the screen explode. There's all this crazy stuff. You can't tell what you're getting a lot of times. Yeah. You know, I think that's fair. You know, and so I had that problem with it. Even the the graphic artist was uh, uh, interviewed and by and and said, "Listen, the game is reasonably plotless, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it's all sell it, baby." Well, I mean, it, it has no pl the plot is go fight the bad guy. That's the plot. I mean, I'm not saying all these guys have to have a plot, but I mean. A token after at least they well at least they tied in the collectibles with the story I mean Zool didn't even do that it's like here's a whole bunch of candy you now know? let's be fair this is better than Zool absolutely and better than Zool too better, and, and better than Super Frog yeah. the, the, I don't even put those games in this I mean this game is absolutely in the upper plateau mm -hmm. of Amiga titles of this of this type yeah and really I mean it's it's really unfair to compare it to a game like Adam's Family or Lionheart this is really the only thing that you can really compare this to I think that we've played so far is Turrican where it's a really combat heavy you know platforming game right um, the the fact that this thing has uh, a, a password system is another cheap uh, way of knowing that this probably was destined to go on something besides the Amiga. I think that was, I mean, I don't know why else you would use a password system on the Amiga. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really make that much sense. The fact that this shipped on two discs is pretty astounding for the amount of content mm -hmm. it has, which that also could have played into why they didn't include more uh, an ending or more, you know, Tons more music or tons more, you know, video or mm -hmm. anything like that or an opening of any sort. I think that this game. I mean, the 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 name itself is so strange and stupid that it would put me off. Like if there if there was like we just got this game in called Rough and Tumble. Do you want to buy it? I'd be like, no, I, well, I want nothing to do with a game named that. I don't think the game names that bad, but to me, and of course, 
my faux pas from last week. This sounds like a game where you should have two people playing at once. Well, to me, it sounds like it sounds like a puzzle game where you've got two people. Like we talked about head over heels last week or something like that. Like this, the the type of game that this is and the title just don't match at all. Well, it, yeah, they could have done better. I mean, uh, they, uh, again, to me, it sounds when you have an un in there that tells me there's. There's another guy, yeah, unless yeah. it's like run and gun, and even that had multiple points. That was a basketball game, <laughs> right? Uh, so to me, it sounds like a, 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 a something that would have multiple people yeah, in it. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of, like I said, the level variety. The levels are well done, but the, the variety of what's going on in the levels is not. A, I mean, there's, they add some certain elements, but it's not like let's say I hate to go down this road. It's not like say a Mario or something. There's really amazing differences in the levels. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they're well done. They're pretty clever. There's one level. On like the, it's like it's the second to last stage where you just show up and all you do is just collect every. There's no enemies at all. You just collect gold and stuff. That's the mm-hmm. whole level, you know. Which I thought was that's not even a level. That's right. sort of a cheat. And uh, when they put that in, so that's kind of. And I, I'm, I'm not going to hold it against them. It's kind of weird, you know. Maybe there was like, let's get something in here. Uh, but I mean, I didn't think the game felt cheap, which a lot of those games do. Uh, having the ability to scroll down. Mm-hmm. I mean, having uh, the scrolling on this for a game like this is the best. Yeah. This is the best. And in a game, too, yeah. And in a game like this, that's that's ninety nine percent of the game is being able to see where you're going and what you need to shoot at. And for once, you've got a character that's not real huge, and mm-hmm. so shooting rats and little these little ankle biters isn't super tough, mm-hmm. which is it's, which is nice. Um, this game uh, was received very well, uh, uh, actually. See you, Amiga. Give it a ninety-two. Uh, hey, Amiga Joker. I know you're begging. Ninety-one percent, and they certified it Amiga Joker Mega Hit. Wow, I think that's the first game we've ever had that was an Amiga Joker Mega Hit. I've never heard of that either <laughs> until I read this. Uh, it got it got an eighty-nine from Amiga Computing. Amiga Format eighty-eight. So a lot between ninety-one and eighty-seven. Pretty I mean, good. Pretty that's good. About as good as, as good as you're gonna get. But of course, also this was ninety-four. So they were probably like, "Holy crap! Yeah. Thank you, thank you, sweet Lord, right. for this you know gift that, mm-hmm. that came down upon us." Um, I looked this thing up on the eBay, the old eBay, and uh, break out the checkbook, yo! It ain't coming cheap. Um, again, this game, I'm guessing, probably didn't sell that many copies, uh, and so you have inflated prices. Now, there's a guy in Canada, Canada, selling this for uh, 102 American dollar bills or best offer. I would not offer that much, but hey, you know, there's a guy, in, there's a dude in Germany selling it for 85, mm. and that's straight up money. That's U.S. and the discs in France, you're paying somewhere between 22 and 33 bucks for the discs. Wow! So that's a lot of money. Very now, desirable we'll, title. Let me rephrase that. Someone wants you to pay that. Right. Whether you choose to pay mm-hmm. it or not is your business. But overall, uh, a good title. It's. Uh, not perfect, but it's very well done. I like a game where they show a lot of polish. Yeah. And that's the one thing this shows is, is there's a lot of polish. Someone sat down and thought about it. They didn't just spew collectibles all over the screen and, and just randomly make levels up, which mm-hmm. that goes a long way with me. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, as we wrap up the show, I'd just like to remind everyone that you can follow Amigos on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the Google+. Plus. Um, And uh, don't forget, if you are hanging out on your own or hanging out with your family and you want to get away from your family on Friday night, you can tune in and watch Amigos live in the YouTube chat, just like Pishbot and Walking the Cow and Henrik Henderson and just a whole ton of people are hanging out. Duncan Styles. 
Uh, what else? There's tons of people in the chat with us right now. So thank you so much for Chris Hasifa. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us. Pixels at Dawn, um, we really appreciate it. Join the party. Uh, and um, before we go, uh, of course, we got to thank our our Patreon supporters that make make all this stuff happen. They've been burning up the chat this week, by the way. Yeah, and uh, so I've got kind of a new idea that what we're going to do. We're going to play a little game with the Patreon song. Okay, so the uh, what the game is is you've got to guess the Patreon song. Oh man! Okay, this is going to go down hard. So um, I am going to uh, play the song, and then. Um, you are going to guess it, and if you would like to submit an answer, you can email, get this, this is the important bit, john at amigospodcast.com. That will go straight to me. And um, make sure to include your favorite Amigos episode. Uh, and uh, that has something to do with the prize that you will receive. Um, and uh, also include your mailing address, as in your physical mailing address, like the place where I can send something to, because that is part of your prize. Very good. So, um, again, John at AmigosPodcast.com. That's, that's Boat's maiden name. Yes. All right. So, <clears throat> there we go. Get the uh, retro roulette wheel out of the way. What is that? <laughs> All right. Donald Tyler, level lord. John Matthew, Matthew Perrone. Ricky DeRocha, creepy dead boy. Figgy CTZ, the slow Norris. Stephen Sagan, Mortensen. Edwin Delan, Blindo, 75. Christopher Hussall. Rabbi Abbott, Chris Foles, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham Becky, Brent Dowdy, Lane Denson, Adam Batters, B. O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, C. Brian Jones, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington, Duncan Stiles, Anthony Chavez, Tapes from the Crypt, Josh Mann, Williams, Adam Fabers, Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, King Tommy, Homberstadt, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Jason Warns, Pixels of Dawn, Darren Coles, Kobe and Kobe and Kobe and Borman. Jeez, that was a long one. We're going to start, you're going to cover like uh, Stairway to Heaven or something to get all these names in. I'm getting more. <laughs> All right, so if you think you know the answer, again, john at amigospodcast.com. I will choose a winner randomly. So if you're listening to this after the fact, as long as you listen to it before next week's episode, we'll say the cutoff will be uh, next. you got to send it in before midnight on Wednesday night next week. Midnight where? Here? Yeah. All right. Wherever here is for you, that's where it is. <laughs> Eastern okay? time. Uh, so next Wednesday... The 21st at midnight Eastern time is the cutoff to win the special. And I'll, I'll announce what the prize is next week. I need the first one before we can get the ball rolling. So, mm. All right, Aaron. Next week, we have a game chosen already. Another uh, Amigos Game Selection member podcast person what? has already. Um, <laughs> boy, that was a lot of words. I was that wondering where you were going with that. Gamos Game Selection Committee member. Uh, on Patreon has chosen for us. We will play next week Typhoon 
Thompson. I have no idea what that is. I've never heard of well, it. Well, is that a person? It's it's a person. It's a place. It's a thing and an idea. Wow. Should, so. be, the, should be the best game ever. It should be. All right, guys. We will see you then. Until next time. Adios. Adios.